Anyway, his health is destroyed because of his love and his concern for the nation of Israel. I love the authenticity of this passage because it allows us to see that even in our times of affliction this morning, he's still there. He's still faithful. In fact, the word says in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. This morning, no matter what you might be facing, what you might be going through. In fact, uh, these verses in our text this morning, they're, they're the only bright spot in all five of the chapters of Lamentations. And Jeremiah had predicted the judgment that would come upon Israel. And you know, some people might uh, tend to rejoice when the wicked, when those who've turned their back on God, uh, re- receive their just reward. They're like, you know what, they've got what they had coming. And uh, sometimes we... We can uh, look on the, the news and you can see someone who's faced some great struggle and you're like, yep, they deserved it. Uh, they've been loving like the devil and the, the chickens have come home to, anybody awake this morning? The chickens have come home to roost. That's a southern euphemism if you are this morning. But the reality is just so often there's, people have struggles and we're like, well, they deserved it. Or they, 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 they've made their bed, now they have to lie in it. And not Jeremiah. He wept over the nation of Israel. In fact, as he sat in the ruins of Israel, he weeps as he writes this lamentation. So this morning, we must be reminded of God's great faithfulness. We see, first of all, in our passage, his love never fails in verse 22. In the heart of the book, we find one of the greatest confessions of faith recorded anywhere in Scripture. Jeremiah had been dealing with a great sorrow and despair. But then he lifts his ears, he lifts his eyes towards heaven and says, God, I realize the only way I can face what I'm going against is to have my faith completely and solely in you. In his time of despair, he lifted up his eyes to the Lord, and that's what the turning point for him was. Oftentimes, we can get to the place where we can't. We we have to get to that place before we discover that he can He is more than able to sustain us, more than able to help us through whatever struggle we're facing. In the midst of the sorrow and devastation, he remembered the mercy of the Lord. He says in verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never, what church? Never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. In other words, what he's saying, his compassions fail not. The song just played says, we have failed him. But folks, he cannot fail us. Great is thy faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is a tremendous encouragement to the people of God when when our hearts are failing us for fear. And the problem today is we put our confidence in our intellect. We're like, Pastor, I'm at the top of my class. I was valedictorian of my homeschool class of one. Uh, I was, you know, we sometimes we get this idea that we are all that. And I have a, look at how far I've climbed the ladder in just a short amount of time. And, and we get our, our confidence in our intellect. We get our confidence in our career. We get our confidence and our life is built around the things of this world. But when those things fail us, when our health fails us, 
when our physique doesn't look like we're 21 and uh, we're ripped with uh, bice, bulging biceps and, and uh, abs and, and we don't have that, that physique that we once had or we have that dad bod or we have no hair anymore. When we come to those moments where suddenly our confidence is rattled, our, our world is turned upside down. If we build our life on that ever-changing thing, folks, we're always going to be discouraged. We're always going to be hopeless. But if we build our life on the rock of Christ Jesus, he won't fail us because he's the faithful one. We see he's a faithful follower. And in this same text, a few verses down in verse 39, he, he talks about dealing with us as sons and daughters, as our heavenly father, which means there are times that God chastens us. There's times he forces us to repent and, and course correct. And Jeremiah addresses this here in verse 39. He says, why should a living man complain? A man about the punishment of his sins. He says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. What's he saying? He says, as a faithful father, he's not going to allow us to continue going out to sin without correcting us, without rebuking us, without chastening us. And that's what a loving father does. He corrects his children from time to time. I know some of you, it's hard to imagine, but my kids aren't perfect. And, uh, they hang out with the deacon's kids, the trustee's kids. I'm playing. They, they hang out with the others. Uh, they're, they're not perfect, and they're going to get in trouble. And so as a father, I have to correct them from time to time. I have to say, hey, let's rein this thing in just a little. Let's, let's take time to realize what we did was wrong, and how do we get back on the right path? He's a faithful follower, father. He's faithful to forgive. And 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So he's faithful to give us, forgive us of our sins. And I'm thankful for this. Every day, each one of us need that forgiveness of sin. He's faithful to forgive. He's faithful to sympathize. No matter what you're facing this morning, God is faithful to sympathize. I was at a funeral yesterday morning of a man that passed away and and as I was sitting there listening to the, the, uh, the words about his life and the life that he had lived, folks, it wasn't a, a sad and tearful time because he knew Christ as his Savior. And, and it was a confidence that here's someone who has spent their life living for God, and we know for a fact that they're in the, pla in, in the place called heaven. But folks, it's still difficult at times to say goodbye. And so as we sat there and, and, and watched as people talked about you know, the reality is this morning, God knows. He's not called off guard. And Hebrews 4, verse 15 says, We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without what, church? Without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God is a, a sympathizer. He's also faithful to deliver. In your moment of temptation, your moment of weakness is the time that the Holy Spirit is the strongest. And folks, it's the time that he helps us overcome. We're not left out there to fight this fight of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the good fight of faith alone. The temptations that the devil is, is placing on your life this morning, God gives us the Holy Spirit to deliver us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is, what's that word, church? Faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Aren't you thankful this morning God's faithful? He's a deliverer. Whatever you're facing this morning, he's able to deliver us from the power of the enemy, folks. Well, he has power over death, hell, and the grave. And when people talk about how difficult it is to break the cycles of addiction and sin, can I just say this morning, it is impossible apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of God to deliver us, and he's faithful to deliver, we must commit our lives to the faithful creator who does all things well. We must call upon the Lord. And we see, secondly, he reminds us, his mercies never cease. The last part of verse 22 is, his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. He says, great is your faithfulness. What a reminder this morning. God is, he's all powerful, folks. His mercies never end. And that's what we're dealing with, a God whose mercies never come to an end. That gives us confidence. Gives us confidence that God doesn't abandon us in our hour of need, in our times of greatest struggle. God is there. He's faithful. He's there. His mercies never end. And think about it. God in his great mercy spared a remnant of Judah, protected them, blessed them during many years of captivity, and then he allowed them to return to their homeland once again. He enabled them to rebuild their city and the temple, and God demonstrated his great mercy to his people. So think about how merciful he is to us this morning. Verse 23, he says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Just driving down the road this morning, coming to church, looking at the sun on the horizon, rising above the, the trees, and, and seeing the, the flowers, and seeing all of the beautiful things in God's creation, his mercy is new every morning, folks. Every day, it's a new opportunity to live for Jesus Christ. New opportunity to, to put God first in our life. And the pessimistic American newspaper editor, Henry Minkin, wrote, he called hope. He said, hope is a pathological belief in the occurrence of the impossible. Folks, no child of God would accept that definition I like what A.W. Tozer said, because I think he, he better captures it. He says, hope is the divine alchemy that transmutes the base metal of adversity into gold. What happens is, as we go through trials, as we go through suffering, as you face adversity, God has a way of perfecting us. He has a way of turning it, our troubles into gold and something that he is glorified through, something he gets the glory and the praise for. When Jeremiah took his time in his trials and suffering to look up, he got his eyes off of his circumstances and he saw a God who is able. Who, he saw his hope wasn't in his circumstances, they were in his great God. The realization of God's mercy this morning, his compassion, his faithfulness, generated hope in Jeremiah's soul. That contemplation of the troubles he was facing became a confession of his faith as he began to say, I have confidence every morning 
God's mercies are new. He's given me a new lease on life, a new opportunity to glorify him with my life. And so to build my life on that which is always changing is to invite constant unrest and disappointment. But to build on the changeless and eternal is to have peace and confidence. Unbelief causes us to look at God through our circumstances, which leads to hopelessness. But faith enables us to look at our circumstances through the reality of God, and it gives us hope. This morning, uh, I was in here for just a few moments as the, the band was finishing up singing, and somebody made the comment, I believe it was Michael, was saying, uh, this one song was written in 1990, and uh, there was kind of a, a, a chuckle on the stage because I think all of them said we weren't even alive in 1990. And, and I'm, I was sitting back there going, I mean, good grief. I mean, children are running the show. I mean, I'm, pl I'm playing. I was like, 1990, and I was sitting here thinking, so this, so this song was written in 1990. Well, we went back to Holy, 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 and Great is Thy Faithfulness this morning. But folks, if you go back far enough, you can remember in your own life where God sustained you, where God gave mercy in your time of need, where God uh, delivered you from the hand of the enemy, where you see the faithfulness of God over and over and over. And that's the thing about life. When God allows us to go through trials, folks, it's helping grow us, mature us, purify us. It makes us like gold, and it gives us confidence for the future. We see, thirdly, His goodness is to those who wait on him waiting on the lord this morning if if i were to ask you to raise your hand how many of you enjoy waiting on the lord i mean we would be here all afternoon and not see a single hand we don't like to wait we're impatient we want something to happen johnny on the spot immediately we want god to change our situation but he says waiting on the lord doesn't come easy we say we want to know the plans that he has for us his will for our lives, but somehow we want it yesterday. We want God to reveal himself yesterday, and we want him to just map it out right in front of us so we can see it. Folks, he's omniscient. He knows every detail of our lives. He knows all throughout eternity. We must wait patiently on his timing. Verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Too often we look at ourselves, all we see is problems. Many times those problems are of our own making. Anybody else can testify to that? that we, we go through life and we, we've created our own struggles. We got ourselves into that mess. And then we're suddenly wanting God just to perform a, a massive miracle and, and, and get us out of that mess. Yesterday I spent a good portion of the afternoon uh, cleaning out our garage. And we, in America, we have this uh, problem with stuff. And I, I heard just last week it said that there's like, I forget how many square feet of storage space in America per person. I mean, it was an insane amount of, of storage space. And, and folks, the reality is, is we have too much junk, but we had one car in the garage and one in the driveway. And, and with two teenagers that also drive, I mean, it's like a constant shuffling of cars. And, and I was like, I'm going to get this garage cleaned out if it's the last thing I do on this earth and it was 99 degrees and but it, it had that sense of fulfillment of but folks it takes time 
It takes, it's work. It's, it's, and the, the same thing as, as the, having a relationship with God, folks. He wants us to wait on him. It says too often we, we see our problems. That mess in the garage was the result of months and months and, well, probably years of allowing stuff to accumulate. And, and then finally you're like, all right, I, I'm tired of living this way. I'm going to clean this mess up so we can enjoy parking our car. And it, you walk out and it's not 150 degrees inside the car. It's only uh, 99 degrees inside the car. But the reality is it's like, I, I won't, and folks, the, it, it takes patience. Wait on the Lord. Jeremiah realized when he learned to wait on the Lord, God proved his faithfulness to him over and over. He's good to us when we wait on him. Jeremiah looked away from himself. He looked up and God restored his hope. We need to do like Jeremiah. Maybe that's the only way we can get our eyes off of our own circumstances is to look up. Sometimes I'm convinced God allows us to be put flat on our back. Sick, sometimes even in the hospital before we'll look up and say, okay, God, you got my attention. I hear you. Lord, I, I, I'm, <laughs> you've got me a captive audience. They've got me strapped down in this bed with all the IVs and everything. And Lord, I'm listening. What is it that you want to hear? What is it you want your servant to, to listen to and hear? And he says in Luke 21, 28, he says, When these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. You watch what's happening in our world today. God's saying, pay attention. The return of Christ is near. It doesn't say it's going to get better before he returns. It actually says the opposite. It's going to get much worse. And last night as I, I stood in here watching a bunch of teenagers worshiping God, and I met another local pastor who some of their teens were here, and we were talking, and it, he said, are you hearing rumors that there's another variant coming down? And they're, they're talking about vaccines and masks. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't even want to think about that. I don't want my mind to go there. I mean, I don't think America's even prepared to deal with that again. But the reality is, is he says, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before the Lord returns. And I'm not a doomsday prophet. What he's saying is, he says, recognize that when we serve God, there are certain signs. He's going to return. Lift up your eyes. Look around, he says. But look to God. He says, our redemption is drawing near. Hebrews chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. As we look to Jesus, he's the only one that lifts us up. He's the only one that lifts our head. And Psalm 3, verse 3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Sometimes it's the most difficult thing we do is wait on God. You go to the doctor and they say, we're just going to wait a little while. Or you never say, well, we're going to have to do some tests. And we're going to schedule those tests for January. You're going, wait a minute, it's August. 
You're telling me I have to wait five months, six months, until you can even do a test to figure out what's wrong before we can find a solution to the problem I've been battling for six months already? So I'm waiting a year, basically. That's what you're telling me? Well, you know, we're waiting for your insurance to cover it. You know, we're waiting for this. And, and your mind, he says, he's the glory. He's the lifter of our head. Our fallen nature craves activity. But that desire often makes things worse. Jeremiah learned to wait on the Lord. He says he trusted in his mercy. He depended upon his faithfulness. The Lord lifted his head. And he knew all too well the, the, the truths of Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait for the Lord shall do what, church? Renew their strength. Let's read it together. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Judah's deliverance had nothing to do with them, but was all due to the faithfulness of God. God had promised Abraham he would make him an, uh, from him a nation, and this was that nation. He promised Moses that he would put them into the promised land. He promised Joshua he would establish them. He promised David that there would be one from his line that would reign on the throne forever. The prophets of the Old Testament all said that God would not utterly destroy his people, but he would judge them for their sin. And God is faithful. He judged them. He will not utterly destroy the nation of Israel. As just Jeremiah contemplated the character of God, he learned that the best thing he and his people could do was wait patiently and silently on the Lord. Patiently and silently. I don't know about you, but that's... We're not known for being patient. And all you have to do is go on any social media and know that we're, Americans are not silent. <laughs> we say everything. I mean, we tell everything, every thought. I mean, sometimes I just... I'm thankful, you know, there's no history... Before 2007 for me on social media. I mean, there's none before then. So when I was a kid, I mean, all the stupid things I did all the way back in 1990 that y'all are laughing about earlier today, uh, it's not recorded uh, for the whole world to see. And, you know, now that you're going for a job, some of you that are in college and you're thinking, man, I, I put my mind out there on every single uh, issue that comes up. I mean, I just tell what I think about every single thing. Uh, do you realize they're going to check that when you go to apply for a job? <laughs> you have, I, I, someone I was going to hire here at, at Calvary, I, I looked on their, uh, their social media account, and they were bashing their previous church. Denied. I mean, not, not going to hire. I mean, the reality is, is if that's the kind of person you are, I mean, it's, it's doing nothing of trusting and waiting patiently on God. Well, we have to learn to wait patiently and silently that means i'm completely waiting and depending on god and what an incredible advice it is stop complaining god is still working say pastor what's the application i'm glad you asked god is still faithful today he's still faithful the same god that noah 
Joseph, Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Daniel, Samuel served is the same God that you and I serve in 2023. The same God that Paul, Peter, James, and John, and Stephen, uh, one of the first deacons, Timothy, Titus served is the same God we serve today. They were part of the early New Testament church. They were people that God did a mighty work in, and yet God is the same God today. Jeremiah had faced great times of trial in his youth. Now that he was facing periods of trial in his old age, his, his health had failed him, he knew firsthand that God was faithful. Church, the secret of victory in tough times is simply to submit to the Lord, yield to the Lord. We must bow before the Lord knowing that in his time, he'll see us through. In time, his time, he'll complete us. In his time, he'll perfect us. James talks about it. Count it all joy, knowing that ultimately it's perfecting us. It's making us more like Jesus. We must bow before the Lord knowing he's going to see us all the way through. And in that hour of pain, in that hour of perplexity, Jeremiah laid hold on some wonderful assurances that encourage us all these years later. He said, God is gracious. He's great in mercy. He's great is his faithfulness. God is good. No matter how we feel or what we see, God is good. This morning, if you don't get anything else, I want you to leave this morning understanding and believing great is thy faithfulness of God. Whatever you're facing, you say, Pastor, I didn't get good news at work this week. That promotion I had gone for, I didn't get. Pastor, I had a doctor's appointment this week and it, it didn't go well. Pastor, there's more month left than there is paycheck. We've tied a rope, a knot on the end of the rope, and we're just hanging on. Pastor, I've, I've lost some of the, the closest people in my life, and I'm struggling. Pastor, I've got that child that's gone wayward, and I'm, I'm struggling. I'm here to tell you, God is faithful. He hadn't forgotten you. He said his mercies never come. So when you're ready to give up, that's the time God does his greatest work in your life. It's because in our weakness, he's made strong. It's times like this we say, God, I can't, but I'm depending on the one who can. God, would you do a mighty work in our hearts this morning?